Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, November 4th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. Executives from Vitol and Trafigura have said their access to trade finance remains strong, despite bank nervousness following a string of fraud scandals in Singapore's commodities sector. Christoph Salmon, Group Chief Financial Officer at Trafigura, acknowledged at an event this week that some financial institutions have responded to the fraud crisis in Singapore by cutting their exposure to the sector. But he also pointed to a recent $1.6 billion financing package that Trafigura agreed with banks across Asia and the Middle East as evidence that financing options are still on the table for larger players. A new government inquiry has found that the Department for International Trade and UK Export Finance are not yet doing enough to identify and help the businesses of tomorrow to export. Meanwhile, it also says the two government departments do not have sufficient understanding of the challenges that arise when smaller exporters apply for finance. The inquiry into the work of UKEF, the country's export credit agency, and DIT, was published by the Public Accounts Committee, a select group of cross-party MPs tasked with examining the value for money of government programmes. Another news, US authorities have imposed sanctions on a Singapore-based energy trader, accusing it of breaching restrictions on trade with Iran by purchasing oil worth millions of dollars. The Singapore-based company, Xiazang Energy Holding, is accused of doing business with Trilliance Petrochemical Co., an Iranian trader that was sanctioned by OFAC in January this year. Five Chinese companies have also been added to the list of sanctioned entities maintained by the Office of Foreign Assets Control. According to OFAC, all five were accused of helping facilitate payments for banned petroleum sales. Now we take a closer look at a major story from last week. A new report has shown that US banks are more exposed to the financial risks associated with the transition to a lower carbon economy than they previously thought. The analysis comes from Seri's Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets, a US-based non-profit company, and it reveals that more than half of the syndicated loans issued by major US banks are to sectors that are vulnerable to climate transition risks, such as manufacturing, energy and agriculture. Earlier, I spoke to reporter Maddie White to find out more. So the report by Seri's Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets uh, which is a US-based non-profit company, finds that six of the largest US banks face above-average risks related to climate change through their syndicated loan portfolios. So that is Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citi, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. And more than half of the syndicated loans issued by these banks are to sectors, including manufacturing, energy, and agriculture, that are vulnerable to climate transition risks because the banks' corporate clients within these sectors have failed to prepare properly for a low-carbon future. Amadi, why is this significant for the banks? How could it damage them? I mean, the report highlights that the current view of climate risk taken by most banks is fairly narrow and focuses mostly on finance to the fossil fuel sector and on policies that are potentially too broad to make that much of a difference. It also points to the massive amount of financing banks provide to sectors like agriculture, manufacturing, construction and transportation that rely heavily on oil and gas and coal, 
which could threaten climate and financial stability if action is not taken. And this wider assessment of climate risk and a general sentiment shift across the globe could mean substantial losses for banks on their syndicated loan books and other areas of business as the profit and market shares of unprepared clients decline. So in a worst case scenario, US banks' exposure to the fossil fuel and electricity sectors produces quite modest loss estimates, um, so up to 3% for the syndicated loan portfolio of the average bank. But when we take the wider impact view, which includes all non-financial climate-related sectors, so manufacturing, transportation, agriculture, produces much higher average loss estimates, up to 18% on these loans. And Maddie, what are banks doing to reduce their exposure to the risks related to the climate transition? So some banks are making progress with lending policies adjusted for fossil fuels. The research points to global players like JP Morgan and Barclays as having made positive climate promises that cover their financing activities and align with the 2015 Paris Agreement. In October, JP Morgan revealed that it's adopting a financing commitment that is aligned to the goals of the Paris Agreement. The bank says it will establish intermediate emissions targets for 2013 for its financing portfolio and begin communicating about its efforts in 2021 while Barclays aims to become a net zero bank by 2050. But the real issue here is that the view of climate risk by most banks appears to be quite narrow and does focus mostly on finance to the fossil fuel sector when banks should be looking a little wider. Whether or not they are aware of this and that these sectors potentially make them quite so exposed to losses amid the transition to a low carbon economy is also quite unclear. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.